You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Phantomaniacs, my name is Phantom Troublemaker, and I am your host on the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about movies, music, toys, wrestling, and all manner of pop culture dorkiness. Uh, fate has decreed that our annual Toy Fair podcast is going to be broken up into bite-sized chunks for 2015. We had a recording where everybody got together, the gang you all know and love, and we did a great show and the audio file got all crazy jacked up and is is utterly unusable this is the first time a technical problem has caused this to happen and it was a bummer and i sat down and i thought what am i gonna do do we skip it what's gonna happen i don't know do am i gonna have to do it by myself uh, so I sent a message out to the guys, and there wasn't even a question or a moment of hesitation. Everybody said, well, when do we do it again? Which really impressed me and touched me, and I thought was awesome. Because the guys know we've got to do it. Because you guys, the listeners, uh, want to hear it. We know that. This is one of our biggest shows of the year. I get more feedback about it than I do about uh, really any of our other shows. And it's it's something I we can't skip. I knew I was going to have to find a way, and fortunately that way was just doing it over again. Unfortunately, we couldn't get everybody back together again at the same time. So I sat down last night with Mr. Bo Brown, and we talked about Masters of the Universe. I have a file from Reverend Dan Wilson about Marvel, and hopefully everybody else can get together Friday night and we'll do part two. Uh, that's right. This is part one where Mr. Bo Brown and I will talk about Masters of the Universe classics, what happened at Toy Fair, what happened after Toy Fair, and what actually happened a couple of days after we recorded the first time. There was a big bit of news from Maddie uh, that was done in a weird way, but we'll talk about that in the show itself because it's pretty awesome and we we have to speculate a little bit we don't know anything yet but but there is definitely something to mention as you guys will find out now before i get any further i do want to mention a couple of things one of course you can listen to the needless things podcast on itunes and stitcher you can find it at needlessthingssite.com and at esopodcast.com we are a proud part of the eso network and also, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm going to be doing in the coming weeks. On March the 13th, I will be hosting Wrestling at Pop Culture's Culture Shock, which is going to feature wrestlers from three different companies uh, from the Southeast 
going at it. It's the uh, anniversary celebration of our pals over at WrestlingWithPopCulture.com. And I'm hosting the whole event. And we're going to have wrestlers from MCW. We're going to have wrestlers from a new women's wrestling organization called Roar. And we're going to have some AWE matches as well. And, man, there is some big stuff on this card. I'll get a little more into it on the next show, but I want to go ahead and put a bug in your ear now and just know that Friday the 13th is going to be huge. If you're a wrestling fan and you're going to be in the Atlanta area, go to the Masquerade. We are going to be having a giant wrestling party there. We've got a DJ that's going to be playing songs in between matches. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a really, really good time. And there's a lot of competition for entertainment dollars on Friday the 13th. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. So it's going to be, they're going to be some tough choices. And I'm not going to mention the other things because I'm pushing our thing. So there's that. And then the very next day is the Great Atlanta Toy Convention. Uh, go to greatatlantatoyconvention.com and you can find out everything you need to know. But uh, and, and I will talk more about that on the next show as well. But for now, just know that at 2.45 on Sunday the 15th, I will be, for the first time ever, presenting a toy panel at the Great Atlanta Toy Convention. Now, I'm going to be there all weekend, except Friday night, obviously. But at 2.45 on Sunday, I will be presenting a panel on licensed toys and the history of toy licensing and it goes back a lot further than i originally thought it did so it's going to be a really interesting time and hopefully i'll be able to record a live episode of the podcast there we're still working that out uh, i'm hoping to have radio cult on i've been trying to schedule that with those guys for a long time i love radio cult ricky and bambi are freaking fantastic people uh, i really really want to have them on the show and we've been trying to work it out Maybe it'll happen there. Stay tuned. And of course, follow Needless Things on Facebook. We have a page there. You can follow me as L Phantasmus on Facebook. That's with a PH because they won't let me use the name Phantom Troublemaker and they may not let me use L Phantasmus much longer. I don't know what I'm going to do then. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter as Phantom Troublemaker and uh, Needless Things underscore is on Twitter as well. So follow all of that. And you'll stay posted on what's going on. And, of course, if you have any feedback for the show, any suggestions for guests, or if you want to be on the show, if you've got interesting things to say, I don't care who you are or what you do, everybody's got a story, send me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get you on the show, or at the very least get your ideas on the show. Uh, we promote stuff. If you've got a Kickstarter that's interesting, uh, tell me about it. Maybe we'll have you on. You can talk about it, promote it. Uh, we've actually got a Kickstarter episode coming up very soon here that's, uh, to a certain extent, near and dear to me. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. And now it is time for this week's musical selection. Uh, these guys are friends of mine, as m many of these bands will be. And they are known only as the Mystery Men. They come up from a place far beyond the cosmos to bring their music here to planet Earth and conduct oral experiments, that's oral, A-U-R-U-L, on mankind to determine their reactions to the Mystery Men's special blend of music. Uh, you can find out more about the Mystery Men at themysterymenofsurf.com. 
And you can find them on Facebook. Just uh, go in that search bar and type in Mystery Men. Or you can go to the show notes for this show on NeedlessThingsSite.com and there will be a link that will take you directly to both of those places. Uh, right now, I'm going to be playing a little tune that I think is uh, fairly appropriate for the subject matter at hand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased and honored to bring to you Brunhilde by the Mystery Men. Oh, let me go ahead and I'll, I'll do our intro here. Uh, for the listeners, uh, first of all, we want to thank you for listening each and every year to our Toy Fair coverage uh, on Needless Things. This is one of our biggest shows of the year. It's one of the ones we have the most fun doing. Uh, it's one where I know me and Bo are always going to be able to get together and talk about Masters. Uh, but this is take two, uh, as, as are the rest of the segments of this episode. Our first one, the recording failed miserably. We had some terrible, terrible audio difficulties with it, and it just wasn't usable, which is uh, the first time that particular kind of failure has happened for the show, which I feel fortunate about. But uh, as a result, we are going back and doing second takes on everything. This is take two of Masters of the Universe, which is to the benefit of everybody because more information has come out since we recorded uh, the first take. Uh, so yeah, and that's awesome. And of course, we have Bo Brown here with all of the juicy, uh, lascivious, voluptuous Masters of the Universe details. Greetings, Phantomaniacs! It is a pleasure to return. It's I'm nice. fresh off the heels of the Oxford Film Festival in Oxford, Mississippi, where I got to tell you what I've been to. You know, a handful of film festivals, but they really know how to do it right in really? Oxford, Mississippi. No kidding. Yeah, they took really good care of us. They gave us a hotel room, like, they screened our, our short twice, um, and we we got an honorable mention for best use of tentacles emerging from a brain pan in the wow. short category. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, I've found in, in the little bit of touring I've done with the wrestling company, it seems like some of the less obvious places take better care of you. Yeah. Uh, we, we did a comic convention in Athens and they provided two rooms. They catered. They, I mean, it was ridiculous. Nobody's ever taken such good care of us. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was a thing we were kind of doing as a lark just to get out into a different place. And they were fantastic. Like, I can't wait to go back there. Well, I got to give a big shout out to the Oxford Film Festival and our wonderful friend Molly, who took really good care of me and the rest of the MPO crew, uh, was just a sweetheart and took us to all the good restaurants and she was an absolute dream. So thank you, Molly. I know you'll never hear this. <laughs> Whatever, man. Our listenership is in the tens. <laughs> Literally dozens and dozens <laughs> of listeners. 
So what uh, what news have you got for us? Let's, I guess, go back to Toy Fair and uh, what Toy happened Fair. there. Right. So Toy Fair 2015, uh, we didn't see a lot of new stuff uh, for Masters of the Universe Classics normal subscription. Uh, the only new things that we saw were New Adventures Mara, uh, who is our one first female New Adventures figure besides, if you don't count Shira. Who was never on the show. Mm-hmm. So if you count the female characters from the new Adventures of He-Man show, Mara is the first to clock in uh, as our females. Uh, she looks great uh, as far as, I think, being realized. Um, she, I do not believe she had a figure before. So she's a character, A, who's never had a figure before, uh, and B, you know, a female New Adventures character. So for those of you completely unfamiliar with New Adventures of He-Man, she is basically like the equivalent of Tila on the show. Um, she's, you know, your battle-hardened uh, warrior chick uh, on the show. She has a sort of bluish color scheme. She has a uh, midriff, so we get like a, a, a full flesh belly uh, on, on a lady. Ooh! Yes, she has a midriff. Uh, and then she comes with a shield, uh, a sort of battle... I guess halberd sort of spear looking weapon that has a big uh, ball mace on the end. And then, uh, her most exciting, I think an interesting feature is she has a very long braided ponytail that has a big mace ball on the end of that. Um, so her hair can like whip around like a weapon, uh, you know, sort of going along with a lot of the female, you know, the hair on the women has always been a, a big deal. Um, you know, with the original Shira figures having the, 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 the rooted hair. And then having characters uh, like Entrapta, where their hair is part of their features. But what's Um, the most important thing about that crazy battle hair? Well, it actually comes apart. Yay! Um, So there's a section of it that you can separate. uh, Like so, so as she as she was depicted at Toy Fair, the braid goes all the way down to the floor with the mace ball on the end, and then you can remove sort of like the half, the last half section of it. And then put the ball back on the short end, uh, if you want. Um, so she has two different display options with the hair. And then the hair is, is of a bendy enough plastic where you can, uh, bend the hair around and she can hold the mace in her hand. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, paint on her looks great. She's got a sort of turquoise, gold, and uh, purple color scheme or sort of fuchsia color scheme going on. Um, she is a good looking figure and I'll be very excited to add another female figure to go along with, uh, I think, the new adventure she that both Phantom and I are huge fans of. Yes. Uh, to add to our new adventure shelf. So well, uh, there's Mara for you. I'll say this. As somebody who is not as immersed in Masters of Universe lore as you are, for me, she's just a really cool, kick-ass looking figure. She looks... Absolutely. She looks like kind of a Flash Gordon, John yeah. Carter, Buck Rogers, Warrior Woman. Uh, she has that, uh, a little more of a 70s sci-fi aesthetic than, than the 50s so stuff. Or a little Barbarella. She's yeah. got a little Barbarella going, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I dig her. She's a, she's a cool looking chick. I have no idea who the character is. I mean, I, you told me, obviously, but, but aside from that, I have no reference for the character. But just looking at the figure, she's, she's a rad looking figure. I'm excited to get her. Yeah. I think she'll be a great addition to the shelf. Uh, the other new figure that we saw, uh, if you're, if you're done with Mara, your thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. Okay, uh, is Peekaboo. So we're moving on. Um, we're just now, you know, after 
2014 being the 30th anniversary of She-Ra, uh, and having the Princess of Power sub, we got a lot of She-Ra figures last year, which was great. I love all the ladies, um, and I'm very excited to, to get, uh, what we're rounding it out. We've really only got this figure, Pika Blue, and I believe Perfuma is gonna pretty much round out the original, uh, fig, the original She-Ra figure releases. So Pika Blue uh, ha- is our peacock uh, chick who has the ability to um, uh, was it ESP? I guess you can see in far off places. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that yes. is correct. Because in my Doctor Who He Man fan fiction that I wrote, <laughs> Pika Blue had to work in conjunction with Castaspella for Castaspella to cast a long range spell. That's right. And in, uh, in, uh, my good friend and game master, Michael Goodwin, uh, who is a, a, a world renowned game writer, uh, he makes, uh, trading card, uh, versions of the trading card, superhero trading cards game versus. He writes lots of original cards and we play test them for fun. And he has made an entire Masters of the Universe set. Oh my gosh. And in that set, Peekaboo is a is a uh, low cost character who allows you to look into your opponent's hand to see what they have. Oh, nice! Using those ESP powers, yeah, um, yeah. He's done every. He's done all. He's done the. He's done the the rebellion, um, the masters, the snake men, and the horde. Uh, and it's oh, and the, and the of course the evil warriors. And we get together and play like handmade card games uh, of Masters of the Universe, and it's pretty amazing. I have never done any sort of card games like that, but if you guys ever decide to to uh, open up to a more public team, I guess, okay. I would totally be into trying that out. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good system, and it's super fun because the original game, you know, was uh, – it had – you know, obviously it did Marvel and DC. It was a superhero-based game. Sure. And basically, like, any any superheroes you can imagine pretty much got a card mm-hmm. over the course of, the, of these things. They did a Hellboy expansion uh, that had Hellboy and Thule Society teams. Uh, and so Michael and I just fell in love with the game for a long time, and then since, it, since then it has now stopped. And they're not producing any anymore. Um, but we, so like we get, he writes these cards. That's like, he's a game designer. Like that's what his brain does in his downtime. Yeah. Yeah. So he made the masters of the, started making the masters of the universe decks. So we play green lantern versus evil warriors. We play the horde versus, you know, uh, the Morlocks, you know, I mean, you name it, we've, we've done it. And, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. Pretty fun to have a, to have a, have a friend who's kind of a genius. Who's like, Hey, Bo, you like this? Well, let me make an entire game for you all about it. <laughs> that's funny you say that because that's what I was getting ready to say is Michael is essentially a genius. And, uh, like, I don't have a moment of doubt that that game is not awesome. You know, he's not even just a genius. He's almost like a full-blown genie because just, like, <laughs> things that I would like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if we had a blah, 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 and then he comes over next week and he made it and wrote it and it works. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty wild. He's a pretty great, amazing person to have as a friend. Um, so, thanks, Michael. Um, but back to Peekaloo. Um, Peekaloo has a very vibrant color scheme of very, very bright yellow uh, blues, and she has shockingly green hair. She comes with your standard issue uh, Princess of Power shield uh, with that is comes in blue with a yellow gem, 
And then she comes with a new accessory that was not uh, on the original figure, which is a battle fan, which makes absolute sense with her being a peacock lady. Yes. Then she comes with a, a separate piece that plugs into the small of her back that is a articulated giant peacock fan uh, that has seven plumes on it. And then uh, the two, the uh, four plumes on the ends can fold up behind the three plumes. So it's they can they can she can spread her peacock uh, tail just like a, a real peacock. Well, and what I'm wondering, looking at the figure, uh, and, and I'm sure this will be the case, but you should be able to fold the whole thing down so it almost looks like like a skirt, like in the back. Uh, really? You I from the I, I've seen it being unplugged from the back, and it didn't look like there was a hinge on the back. Well, so. no, 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 not fold down that way, but rotated. Oh, like if it's I don't know. if it's just a circular plug that goes into her back. I would, I would, I doubt it. I bet there's a a key in it that prevents it from from spinning. Oh, like a um, little tab, so it stays in one. Yeah, position. see, like Ninjor's backpack. I think that'll uh-huh. be a shame if they do it that way because I think it would be really because that's how peacocks are in repose. Their their feathers are down in repose. In repose. Yes. Come on. Uh, well, I think that it's probably actually. I think it's too tall, uh, and that it would hit the ground. Oh, before. you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, that's that's my guess. Although that, I think that would be awesome if that was a a way to do it. Um, but I doubt it, Phantom. Well, I I, I have call, decided. Regard- I'm gonna call shenanigans on your prediction. Regardless of uh, of the functionality of her feathers, I have decided since our initial recording that I am going to be excited about Pika Blue. All right. Because she fits into my absurd category. Oh, big time. Like if a figure's absurd enough, I'm gonna like it even if it's even if it's not a character. Green-haired peacock chick? Yeah, right. she sort of fits the bill. And I uh-huh. love the look of the eyes on the feathers. Like that color scheme, the metallic turquoise with the red and yellow mm-hmm. eye looks really cool. And then if you look at her battle fan, the center of her battle fan has that same eye uh, motif. Yes. It's also also it's also featured on her belt. Yes, yes. So she has, like, it's all these eyes, which totally lift into her powers of her being this ESP, I can see what you're doing from far away, which is very cool, I think. Yeah, so I'm down with her. I'm, I'm, I'm good with her for now. Downside is that she's taking up, you know, she will be taking up some of that prime real estate on the back of the shelf, uh, <laughs> where you've already got, like, you know, Tallstar and Flutterina, who Tallstar has to lean up against the wall. Flutterina's got the wings. Um, Sweetie's got wings. Well, Octavia's on a different shelf for you. Octavia's on a different shelf. Um, so, you know, that, that back of the shelf Princess of Power real estate's in, in, in some high demand. Yeah. With all the ladies with the big, uh, the big footprint. <laughs> the large hindquarters. Well, I didn't say hindquarters. I'm just saying I they've did. got a lot of stuff that, that gives them a, a wingspan or tailspan, if you will. Lots of flair. Yes, lots of flair. Quite a bit of flair. <laughs> uh, then, basically, we saw a lot of figures that we had seen prototypes of in the past, and now we're seeing actual production versions of. We saw the Skeletor hover robots, which look great. I'm yes. super excited about those. Um, they the, the only sort of new thing that I noticed about them from Toy Fair is that the tops of their heads are articulated so that you can't have them look like they have a neck joint. I guess. Oh, that's very it's cool. It's not really a neck. It's more like of a eye level joint. Well, yeah, so just can, a twisty portion. Yeah. Um, they come with uh, multiple sets of hands. 
So they can either be the grabby hands or the spinning blade hands. And they also come with a sticker sheet, which I think is really awesome. And then their uh, their mouth sort of uh, area is lenticular. Which is fantastic. Which, so they've got a lot going on. They, they come with three stands, uh, a sticker sheet, lenticular mouth. There's a, you know, for three things that look exactly the same, you're getting a lot of options on how to display them. Uh, I'm super excited about them. The Evil Warriors really needed an army builder, and now we've got them, and it's great. I just hope that Mattel knows their value and is producing a lot of them, because I I would like to buy at least two sets. Well, I heard a, a rumor online that, or no, in one of, not, not a rumor, but in one of the Q&As, in one of the Maddie Q&As that they do, somebody asked about getting more Horde Troopers, and they basically pretty much said, yes, we are finding a way to give you more Horde Troopers. Oh, wow. So the suspicion is that the, we'll get a General Sunder from um, from Shira, sure. who was a Horde Trooper who sort of kind of was like a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he will probably come with two heads so that if you want to buy a bunch of extra General Sunders... He comes with enough to where you can make another horde trooper out of him. Ah, yeah. So look forward to General Sunder, most very likely. Uh, so that's, I think. Uh, so then we saw Queen Angela. We saw production uh, versions of Ular, who we're getting this month. And squeeze uh, Queen Angela. Squeeze with his bendy arms. Squeeze with his bendy arms. Because I don't think we knew until Toy Fair. I don't think we knew for that's sure correct. that they would be bendy arms. So that's confirmed, and praise be to the elders, he does not come with one of those goddamn snake staffs. Oh my gosh. I want to take that snake staff and shove it up somebody's ass. Yeah. Because King, am- that new King Hiss, which should be Battlefield King Hiss, I don't know why they called him Battle Armor King Hiss. I know, I agree. That's a, that's, that means something very specific right, in Master's right. lore. But, uh, very- he's a great figure, but I, Threw that staff in the trash. I didn't really throw it in the trash because I can't throw toys away. But it's in my it's in my drawer of crap I will never use. Yeah, um, and he came with a shitty shield too. It's like I would have taken you know two of his snake arms over a shitty another fucking snake staff and then a, a poorly painted shield. That King Hiss is not the. King Hiss doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who uses a shield. Now, especially in 2000X, where the dude had fucking serpent magic, like, coming out of his goddamn, you know, wing-wang. Yeah, like, he doesn't need a shield. He can motherfucking teleport and make, like, awesome snake energy shields all day. He doesn't need a physical shield. Well, I did, uh, and, and he probably doesn't need a sword any more than he needs a shield, but I, I, I told you this, but I'll tell the listeners yeah, you, now. Yeah. Uh, I've still got the gigantic scimitar that came with the Rajal Ghoul figure from DC Signature Series, and it fits perfectly, and it looks awesome. And he doesn't need a sword, but he looks really cool with it. Excellent choice, accessory wise for him. Uh, I put him with the Serpent's Ring and the staff that came, and the Serpent Staff that, or Serpent Wand, I guess is more accurate, that came with the unnamed one. Yeah, yeah. And he looks fantastic with those because those are like those make more snake, sense, really. Snake artifacts, right? You right. know that that look good instead of a big unwieldy snake staff that just looks stupid and is impossible to hold and still look cool. It's, Although I will say that the accessory that Squeeze does come with, which is this classic accessory, 
is super weird, and I have no idea what's even going on with it. It's basically like a purple snake face. Like, it's a purple snake that he holds that has a mouth head on it that I don't even know what to call it. Like, it's a like a wand that looks like a snake. I mean, but it's not even a wand. I don't even know what that thing is. Oh, I see it. That is incredibly strange. It's It was, it was his original classic accessory, and that's what oh, he comes well, with. well, there you go then. That's it. But, you know, like many of the Snake Men, uh, they come, and then I guess many Masters of the Universe figures, you could argue, but, like, they are a weapon. Like, you know, right. Rattler, and they all come with some sort of cool, you know, like, action feature. Squeeze has big, crazy, long python arms. He doesn't need a little little snake to smack you with. I mean, you know, Rattlor has the extending neck. Tongue Lasher has the big tongue, although I do love Tongue Lasher's uh, dragonfly uh crossbow so uh you know i do love that but all of them have some sort of cool built into their body weapon um which makes accessories kind of tricky with that which is why i have a drawer full of crap that i'll never use right although i do i do use the uh and you know snake face his his face shoots snakes out of it turns (laughs) people to stone that's a man who does not need a weapon (laughs) yeah you know and, and 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 uh you know, Cobra Khan shoots acid in people's faces and sleep gas. Like, you know, whatever. These guys don't need weapons. But that all being said, Tongue Lasher, I do pose and display with the badass uh, Dragonfly uh, crossbow because it's a great, brilliant idea for a weapon, and I love it. Um, so Squeeze looks great. He does have the bendy arms. And I think that probably what you'll have to do, and you can sort of see this in some of the pictures, is one of the arms will be supporting him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the other arm, you can get into some cool poses. But there's no way you can get both arms up and have his legs support the weight. Or you I, can purchase stands from MattyCollector.com. Yes, you can. Or you can get the stands for free uh, because you were a subscriber and you got a couple of Grayskull stands. I didn't get those. Really? Yeah, I never got those. Where, where did When did they come? They came with... My Christmas shipment? I didn't get them. Well, you need to get on the you, phone with uh, yeah. MattyCollector.com. Customer right? service? They'll get right on it, right? Well, <laughs> I, I, they may have been some sort of like pre-sell thing, though. But I've... I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. You'll have to look at Oh, up. you know what? Anyway. You might be right. Like, if you did something soon enough or like there may have been something that you did slightly differently from how I did. I think you're right. I think there may have been a circumstance that you had to meet that I I didn't, but anyway, let's move on. Moving on uh, to the the other, the other, the handful of other figures. We also saw a a fully production multi-bot. Yes. Which I'm super excited about because I love Modulock. Although we went on a really long Modulock rant last time. That I'm not sure is worth going into again. No, probably uh, not. I'll just say this. I learned my lesson with Modulock, and I'm going to go ahead and buy an additional multibot. At least two. Yes. I think three. I got three. Uh, during, I got two extras during the Black Friday sale, and I think it was overkill. The way that the figures are built, you, you just can't get a whole lot further. Right. You, than you can with two. You run out of holes. Um, you sort of, yeah, you just sort of run out of directions to go in. And so I've... I think that two multibots would totally be worth it, but I, I don't. I think that you reach a certain uh, threshold with those type of figures where you just run out of ways to use extra arms and legs. Right. Um, 
And, uh, yeah. So, but I'm looking forward to having both of them to be able to build Mega Beast in a variety of, of ways. Yes. And, and hopefully, I'm really kind of hoping that Multibot sort of opens up other opportunities. I, especially because he, because he comes with two torsos, which Modulock doesn't. Right. You're really limited by the two torso, by the singular torso. Um, so maybe having the two torsos will, and the two, like, hip, like, hip to groin attachments, might really change things up. So the, we'll see. At the very least, it'll make things sexier. Oh, absolutely. I think I think increasing the hip to groin ratio is always a recipe for sexiness. Well, just ask Dragon Con. That's right. Hey, uh, the other figures that we saw were uh, Blast Attack and Queen Angela. Queen Angela looks gorgeous. Yes. Um, she's angelic. Uh, she has, uh, wings with one point of articulation. She basically has the exact same wings as the Hawkgirl DCU figure. And also has a sort of halo-y accessory that plugs into her back. Um. Looks a little weird. That, well, it was on her original figure. And they included it, which I, I of course, appreciate. It's, it's removable um, though, right? Yes, it, 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 it plugs in and plugs I out. I don't think I'll display her with that. Uh, you might like it. Who knows? Um, but speaking of weird accessories, Blast Attack comes with two accessories, one of which is a a sort of whip that is supposed to – I think it's supposed to represent his, like, fuse because he's this sort of, like, suicide bomber bomb character. Um, but he comes with this weird staff slash axe slash uh, – I don't even it know what like to a, describe it. It looks like a big piece of steampunky nonsense. Uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of crazy stuff going on in it, very little of which I can describe. The bottom looks kind of uh, like a pogo stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like a pogo stick with an axe on top, which is, of course, a recipe for fun. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, and uh, But I think the most important thing about Blast Attack is, is that he's using the... Oh, which has a much thinner waist on it um, that makes him be, makes him not suffer from the big chunky uh, armor problem yeah. that a lot of the the figures of uh, late 2014 suffered from. I think that this would have been the absolute solution to the Rio Blast problems. Would have been to have put the um, the Horde Trooper Buck on him. It would have made the armor not be fat, and uh, and it makes total sense because the guy has motherfucking guns that pop out of his chest. It would be totally uh, appropriate for him to have the robot buck underneath. Yeah. Um, so I'm all behind the robot buck being used uh, as opposed to the original buck. If we're not going to get original torsos for characters that have, like, very busy, important, hard-to-realize torsos, I'm all 100% behind uh, using the Horde Trooper buck. Yeah, um, I, I agree, because Blast Attack... thin up that waist, uh, and, yeah, um, it looks fantastic on Blast Attack. I think it totally would have fixed uh, Rio Blast's problem. Yeah, so. his, his profile is great, and in pictures you can tell his arms are going to function normally. They're going to be able to hang neutrally at his sides. And actually, if the listeners want to follow along, Action Figure Insider is the mm -hmm. place to go. Uh, go to their galleries, choose Toy Fair 2015, and they're fantastic pictures of all of these figures. So that was the... That's pretty much it for the news of Master of the Universe Classic subscription. The big news of Toy Fair was the announcement of our new subscription, our mini-sub 
for 2015, yes. which I'm thrilled to say is a 2000X mini sub, and every single fucking figure in this mini sub is dynamite. Well, and dynamite. Not only that, but just the fact that they've already announced every single figure from the mini sub. Yeah, you know exactly what you're signing up for. There is no mystery. There is no like, oh, we're going to tease, you know, and that's another thing that I noticed since we did our podcast is there wasn't a tease. Normally they leave out like an, like an accessory well, on the, on the table. Well, there wasn't a tease. We, we didn't need that. There wasn't a tease for this. For this. We'll get to that. We'll get right. to that after we go through to right. next. Um, cause that was the cherry on top of, uh, of masters of the universe lately. Uh, so here we are with uh, the 2000X subscription that is went on sale this month. Uh, I have purchased mine. Me too. And, and I, there was no doubt that I was going to get it. A because well, I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> I was going to get it probably no matter what it and was. And just so everybody but, knows, you've got until March 23rd to purchase this. Yes. Yeah, so you have the rest of this month, uh, for the most part, to purchase this sub. I encourage you to do so if you're not a fan of the 2000X series of He-Man, you can buy it on Amazon for like $8. It is all uh, two seasons. It is a fantastic show. I loved it. It is what got me back into collecting He-Man figures. Yeah, me too. Um, it is It is a phenomenal series. I love it. It's extremely well written and has amazing character design. And now you're going to really get to see a lot of those amazing, unique characters that were created for that show in this stuff. Well, and that's the thing is like, they really are hitting the the like out there stuff from 2000X. Like they're not just doing which I'm kind of disappointed they're not doing a 2000X Tila, which is not to say that they won't, but this sub is the wild crazy character designs. Like this is exemplary of what was cool about that Masters of the Universe. Yes. And, and, you know, the, the Four Horsemen designed the, 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 a lot of the characters on this cartoon series. Yes. And they're, you can see, these are their characters. This isn't them doing their homage to, you know, to Skeletor or doing their homage to, to the classic figures. Right. These are their designs. And it is breathing right out of these figures. These figures are Four Horsemen. Works of art all the way. Well, and I've got to wonder, and I, I haven't seen this anywhere, but I've got to wonder if the Four Horsemen selected these characters themselves. Oh, absolutely. This is their sub. You know, like, Drago Man was their, you know, was their place in the 30th anniversary sub. This is the Four Horsemen sub. Yeah. This is their territory. Abs I guarantee you they picked the character. Uh, they, they have to have, because, I mean, these are, you look at these, I mean, if if you know... The Horsemen, if you're familiar with their legacy in toys and action figures, you look at this sub and you're like, wow, this is, this is their wheelhouse. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so in, and I think July, we get Calix. Yes. Calix, who is the, who, you know, is, uh, the big rock guy who was a horde member in the flashback episode of The Power of Grayskull. And who where you got to see <laughs> King Grayskull fight the Horde, which was just epic as shit. Yes. You got one guy take on the entire Horde army on Battle Lion. Uh, and it was, it was, it was amazing. 
but poor Calix was the, you know, like, <laughs> I need to send a message to my troops, and I'm an evil supervillain. Right. So the way that I do that is to kill the person within five feet of me who I like the least <laughs> to, as a show of strength. And so poor Calix had ten seconds of screen time. Right. Where he gave Hordak some bad news, and then Hordak looked at him kind of funny, and the dude exploded. Um, Kallax is basically like a golem sort of rock warrior guy. Uh, and he's an excellent, and he's a, he's a, as a, as a starting figure for the sub, he's an excellent, uh, sort of like, uh, sign of what's to come. And I think the trademark of this sub is brilliant reuse of parts. Yes. Uh, tailored with, uh, or sort of packaged along with, uh, tons of new parts. Well, because on, you're, on first glance at Calyx, you're like, holy shit, is that a, a, the first time I saw him, I thought, is that a 100% new sculpt? But it's not. not at all. It's crazy. Um, he, he comes with extended forearms and extended, uh, lower legs. He comes with bigger calves. But his entire body is still the same buff. Yeah. But he looks huge because he's got these giant extra leg, extra things on, on his lower legs, giant feet, giant hands, and a big giant head on top of a big armored torso. But it's not like a, it's not like one of those big bulky torsos that we've seen on a lot of just the regular guys. Right. You're seeing a lot of broad shoulders and skinny waists is the new, is the new Master of the Universe Classics uh, way of doing which things. Is, which, which is interesting because that's very much the 2000X way of doing things. And we saw it on King Hiss. It's just it's just the armor sort of across the pecs and the shoulders that skinnies down to the regular-sized waist. Right. So it's making everybody look more heroic and, and in, in, in sort of like profile and everything. But still with using, but still utilizing those same buttons. Well, as a mutual friend of ours once, once told me that V shape on the male is like almost a primally striking form. Mm-hmm. The broad oh, yeah. shoulders to the narrow waist. Like that's something that people just respond to on a primal level. Absolutely. And you're going to see a lot of that through this entire, uh, this entire sub. So we get Calix first, who comes with uh, a shield uh, and a battle axe that also doubles as a horde crossbow. It's got two handles on it. You can display it either way. Uh, the shield, I agree with some of the criticism that a dude made out of rocks doesn't need a shield. And in fact, with him being as large and as imposing as he is, the shield looks a little dinky. Because um, his forearm is so big that like his forearm is basically as big as the shield. And you're like, well, and he has the same color scheme on his arm, on his weapons as he does on his body. It's like, well, why don't you just hold your giant beefy forearm up and block whatever it is that's about to hit you? See, I kind of, I kind of like the shield, but but just because I am a fan of uh, that almost kind of dwarven hand shield that you you like. You're not just sitting there waiting for something to hit you with your body size shield. You're meeting that strike with your uh, okay. smaller sure. shield. Like if, if a projectile's coming at you, you're moving your shield to meet it. 
Like, I yeah. kind of dig that. And I just, I like the look. Like, if that shield was bigger, it would almost be more ludicrous because it would be like, well, why does he need a big-ass shield? Okay, so you're saying it's a tactical shield while the rather yes. than defensive Yes, exactly. I, I, I agree. I'm behind you 100%. And much like Batman's yellow oval on his chest, his shield is painted, it's designed like a target. So people right. are going to see that and aim for that. Very good. Very good, man. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying anyway. I I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> uh the other uh notes on uh Calix our, our dear Calix here is that they his original color scheme on the cartoon was total grays. And in an effort to make him be a little more hordy, they've done uh, a belt buckle with hordes with Hordak's face on it and the chest uh Hordak emblem in sort of like a reddish uh, sandstone mm-hmm. color to help sort of diversify his color palette because otherwise he's just totally great. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm down with it. It looks great. Yeah. So, uh, Kallax, knockout. I mean, and we're going to say this about every single figure, guys. Get used to it. Every single figure in this in this set uh, is a knockout. Absolutely. Even the ones we haven't seen. I'm going to tell you right now. Even the figures we haven't seen right now are going to be knockouts. Yeah. Every single one of these are amazing figures that you deserve in your collection if you even remotely love He-Man, or if you just love, like, fucking awesome fantasy figures, every single one of these would look great on your shelf, no matter what kind of fantasy figures you've got going. These are those kind of figures that I recommend to people as what you just said, just awesome fantasy figures, because even without the context of Masters of the Universe, these are great character designs. Oh, need a badass fucking Gollum for whatever? Boom! Calyx! Done! Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on to Cal- from Calyx, we then come to Evil Seed. Yes. Now, Evil Seed was a very divisive fig- uh, character amongst the fans because he has two extremely different depictions between Filmation and 2000X. Um, a lot of people tried to think of ways to make uh, make something work where you could get one release that would do both. Uh, and I agree with the people that said that you really couldn't do that. Yes. His two looks are so completely different. There's no way. Um, you've got your artichoke head cloak wearing super skinny guy version of Evil Seed, uh, from, from Filmation. And then you have your big imposing thorny, uh, spikes growing out of him, more muscular version of it, uh, from, from 2000X. There was no way to do it that wouldn't have made him a beast price point and and I would rather just have two separate figures that were right than him forced into that agreed um so evil seed has uh new feet which is really exciting uh he's got new lower legs uh he's got a new uh crotch piece he's got new arms or new forearms uh, and then he has, uh, the armor that goes over his chest. And then, and I think one of the most interesting, uh, u- ways of reuse that we, that we've seen maybe ever in the line, uh, he has vines that, that are, that go up from his, uh, they, they go down. Yeah. They're, they're attached, I think, to the crotch piece and go down and wrap around yeah. the, his calves right over his knees. So it's the same calves, but the, it's like 
there's this extra sculpted piece that goes down around them and wraps around the back of the knee. Yeah, the thigh, the thighs are brilliant way. totally just plain. But it looks yeah. like you have something new. And really, it's the same thing with the abdomen. Because the the vines go down from yeah, the, the torso down, piece to yeah, the lower yeah. abdomen. I mean, they, they've really done some cool stuff here. And he's got a great big collar that comes up, and and he's he's just a spiky looking figure. But you're seeing a lot of the same stuff that we saw on King Hiss, and we're seeing on Calix, where they're really rocking this uh this this armor mm-hmm. that only the sort of midriff armor. We're seeing a lot of this midriff armor that really really works um on these characters. And then he comes with two accessories. He comes with a sort of vine uh, accessory that that wraps up his forearm and then has sort of like a bitey mouth that comes off of it, as well as a new uh, accessory for King Randor. That is his uh, filmation version sort of uh, style. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what that is. So there you go. So there's, uh, there's Evil Seed. He looks great. Very excited about him. I love that episode. Um, then the next thing we get is the club exclusive, which is the much-rumored and finally delivered upon head pack. So we're getting a 2000X head pack called the Heads of Eternia, which includes new heads for Grizzlor, Buzzoff, Cyclone, Roboto, and Snoutspout, and Clawful. And, oh wait, you said Grizzlor. Grizzlor is the one that they yes. didn't show, so we still don't know they, quite what yeah, that's going to look like. Yeah, they did not show it at, uh, originally the plan was to do the face plate that would fit over, that would sort of socket over the original Grizzlor head, and then they kind of re- figured out that that wasn't really working, and so n- they decided to change it and go with a full-on head, but it wasn't, it wasn't finished yet, so they didn't want to show it, and then it made a nice surprise later. Well, looking at the rest of them, I have no doubt it's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. Because, I never imagined, cause I, I sold, uh, my Clawful figure because I hated his head so much. Uh, and I, what a mistake. I never bought Buzz Off because he was offered in the sub before I was actually subscribing and I don't like insects and he kind of freaked me out. But now I, well, and I sold Snout Spout too because I hated him so much. Well, he had a lot of reasons to not like Spout Spout. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and now I'm going to have to track down Clawful and Snoutspout uh, and Buzzoff, which Clawful and Snoutspout, well, Snoutspout won't be a problem because he's all over eBay. I can probably get one for five bucks. But uh, Clawful and Buzzoff. Well, all those Clawfuls are going to start getting snapped up. Now. I know, and I've already been looking, and they're already going for for uh, yep. retail, if not higher. So six heads in the head pack, really exciting. I'm super excited about the Clawful head because I really like the redesign on Clawful. Um, definitely excited about the Snout Spout head. I have I have attempted to touch my Snout Spout's trunk as little as possible. <laughs> Which, you know, in hindsight, it sounds kind of funny. Um, but because the, the, the original Snout Spout trunk was made out of a, a foam with a wire in it and uh, has been known to crack. Um, similar problems to what the Stay Puft Marshmallow uh, uh, figure, yeah, same sort of foam. Um, so this is a big, this is a big. We're sorry to the fans, um, and I, and I, for one, having uh, having being somebody who owns the 2000 Extraction of Snout Spout, which is badass as shit, yeah, and super behind um, the 2000X version of Snout Spout's head 
because it makes the goofy elephant guy look badass as shit. So I'm totally behind all of these heads. Uh, I will display all of these heads. Um, the one that I think myself and most people are least excited about is Cyclone. Um, eh. A lot of people aren't excited about Cyclone anyway. He's the only one that I actually like his original head more than... than. But it, and it, honestly, it's not really that much different. No. Um, but his original head looks like a samurai. This one... Eh. A little more spacey. Yeah, I don't but, know. No. But definitely... You know, and I'm a little on the fence about the Roboto head, be- just because the rest of the Roboto re- redesign is so different from from regular Roboto. Like, without the giant feet, I kind of feel like maybe the new Roboto head's going to look a little weird on my older Roboto. I had that same thought, is honestly... I would take an entire 2000X Roboto figure. Oh, absolutely. He's he's totally up there with redesigns that are he's di- way he's better. He's different. And I love 2000X Roboto. Yeah, he's different enough to warrant a whole new figure. Oh, yeah. He's got the bigger shoulders, the bigger feet. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'd be all about that. Um, but I'm very happy with this. I think it's a great way to finally get, you know, um, uh, extra heads that we've been sort of kind of promised but then told that we weren't going to get ever right um you know i'm i'm all i'm so happy it's a perfect you know and it's a perfect sub exclusive where you know like if you don't like 2000x you're not going to want these heads right and and it's not so and, it, and it is you know, so it is one of those things where this is a great mini sub because people that want it are going to be absolutely thrilled with everything about it, and people that don't aren't going to miss anything by skipping it. But honestly, I mean, no offense to y'all out there who are not interested in this, but I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be interested in this. <laughs> this is an awesome line. All right, so moving on. Yes. So that's the couple exclusive heads. That brings us to King Chubla, um, who is the – who is uh, – this is – as far as I know, this is an orig- new name. For a character who was uh, credited as the elder of the Cool Attacks, yeah. um, which are basically like the Wendigo Northern Tribe of weird denizens of Eternia um, that control the Eternium mines way up north somewhere. Uh, this figure we did not see, and I am crazy excited about because you know a lot of these figures are displaying a lot of new parts. But this guy is going to have a shitload of new parts on him. Not only does he have the backwards feet that we saw on Lord Dactus, but he also has, like, crazy long gorilla arms. So we're going to see not just, like, those crazy awesome backwards feet that we saw on Lord Dactus, who is a hugely amazing, imposing figure to have on the shelf. But he's also going to have these big crazy long arms that's not something we've ever seen before on a Master of the Universe Classics figure. He's going to be one of those figures that really is is kind of above and beyond the standard buck, but is still the standard buck. Oh, it's going to have the standard buck all up in there, but it's all going to have all these extra embellishments. I suspect we're going to see like a big torso, kind of like on Fang Man, mm-hmm. where you've got a big back and shoulder where the head comes right out of the front. Right. Um, and you're going to have all this hair on it. It's going to look awesome as shit. And maybe he might even come with a chunk of Eternium, which I think would be really awesome. Yeah, that, and that is something that they haven't done yet. No, which is so you could have like, you know, you could you could like unhinge claw, uh, unhinge Trapjaw's jaw on one end, 
and have him holding it, looking at it like, ah. Because <laughs> uh, it's the one thing he can't bite through. Um, so, yeah, super excited about King Chubla. And, and you know, and talking about uh, King Chubla brings us to our next figure, unless you have any other notes on uh, King Chubla. No, I'm stoked about him. All right. That brings us to Ceratus, who was the teaser figure that we saw an image of before Toy Fair. We saw an image of his tail. And uh, Ceratus is the king of the Caligars, which is the race of people that Whiplash comes from. He's an outcast of Caligar society because he's kind of a douche. <laughs> and so they, the Caligars, apparently, for the most part, are actually pretty cool. Um, and so they are a race of, uh, of lizard people, lizard men that live in Subternia, underground. Uh, along with the bat people, Lord Dactus rules, and there's a race war going on between Lord Daxus's bat people and Ceratus's uh, uh, lizard men people. Can't we all just get along? No, we can't. <laughs> because you're lizards and we're bat people, and never the tween shall meet. That, that's probably actually a pretty solid policy. Well, and you know there's got to be some sort of, like, Romeo and Juliet relationship between, like, some Caligar chick and some bat guy. Oh, yuck. Where does you know. Batros fit into that? Batros is at the rave. He's completely unrelated. <laughs> All right. Batros is just doing E and handing out blowjobs to whoever is interested. I buy that. And that's, you know, that's what Batros I does. I believe that. And steals books. <laughs> um, you know, that's what Batros is doing. So, now, I will say that um, I cannot quite get an idea on what Ceratus, because there's only really one picture of Ceratus out there. He was not on display at Toy Fair. We've only seen, like, one image of right. him. And I cannot figure out what the fuck is going on with this accessory to save my life. It's like a club with, like, a bony-looking things going on it. It almost looks like another uh, Caligar's tail mounted on some sort of, like, thing. I don't know. Are you looking at it? What do you I don't. I can't figure it out. And, and it's one of those things where I was like, you know what? At some point, I'll see a picture, and if I don't see a picture, I'll end up with a figure. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hurt my brain trying to figure it out too much. There are accessories that I have on the shelf that I still don't quite understand what they are. Uh, looks predominantly made out of bone. Um, yeah, he's got. Uh, Ceratus has a lot of new parts on him. Um, he has a different tail than Whiplashes. He has sort of like an Ankylosaurus tail. That's like a like a ball with you know spikes coming out of it on the back, which I think is cool. Um, that different Caligars have different you know manifestations yeah. of lizardy properties or whatever. Uh, he's got big old ears. It's kind of got that sort of ring in his nose. Looks kind of like a big orc. Um, sort of an orc mixed with a lizard man kind of guy. Looks really good. Uh, really excited to have him. And uh, speaking of him, along with King Chubla. Um, we are getting very, very close, if not maybe complete, without the, well, almost complete, in, in the sense that we have our Council of Eternia shelf yes. shaping up very nicely. Uh, you know, we've already got Provis, who, uh, no, no, sorry, we'll get to Provis. Um, we have, uh, what's his name? The leader of the cat people. Lion Man. Um, what is his name? I don't freaking, I okay. can't even remember. We've got the leader of the cat people, um, of the, not the Caligars, um, was it the Cal? No. Yeah, we got the leader of the of the cat people. Uh, we've Chief got Carnivus. 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 Chief Carnivus, um, who's the leader of the cat people. We've got Stratos, King of Avion. We've got Buzzoff, the dignitary from the Andrenids 
for the mat for the council. But of course, it's the queen of uh, the Andrenids who will never get because she's yeah. got one of those giant booties that lays eggs um, that would that would not fit in with the rest of the Masters of the Universe line. But then we've got Lord Dactus, we've got um, King Randor, then we'll have uh, Ceratus and King Chubla, and that's pretty much all of the the sort of lords and kings uh, or queens represented by Buzzoff of all the different tr- sort of racial tribes of Eternia that are in the big council of Eternia that, that King Randor put together. And I think that's a very cool shelf to have. Yeah, absolutely. Like the shelf of Kings yeah. I think is badass. So I'm very excited to get Ceratus and I currently have that shelf already rocking. Um, so I'm very excited to add uh, both him and King Chubla to that shelf. Any other comments on Ceratus? Nope. I think he looks cool. I think he was a good, uh, he was a good tease because everybody knew what that tale was and it was a good sign of what was coming. Uh, but it was odd that he was the tease, but they didn't have the, the figure on display. Yeah, I agree. That was weird. But next is another figure with a name that isn't necessarily her normal name. That's right. Uh, Queen Grayskull will be joining us in November of this year. Uh, although she was referred to as Vina on uh, the 2000X show. She was the first sorceress. Uh, so she was King Grayskull's wife, uh, and she, when King Grayskull gave his life to save Eternia uh, after uh, his defeat of, he defeated the Horde uh, and defeated Hordak, uh, Queen Grayskull, Vina, was there and sort of shepherded the the sort of power after it bonded with King Grayskull's spirit and then the power of the elders. So she was sort of like the only person who sort of made it out of that, really. It was like all the elders just sort of like sacrificed themselves and turned into balls of light, um, became the magical elder people, and then King Grayskull dies. And then basically that's when Castle Grayskull turned into, started becoming the Castle Grayskull that we know today, where nobody lived there. Um, so super excited about Vina. Uh, we don't we don't know what she looks like yet. She has very strange wings that sort of like come out of her hips. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to pull off. Um, you know, we're not getting a 2000X Sorceress yet. We're not getting a 2000X Tila yet. So this is sort of the closest, really the only 2000X uh, female, I guess, unless I'm missing something. No. Well, I guess we got... Well, um, Evil Lynn, kind of. We got Evelyn. Yeah, we got Evelyn. But other than that, there are very little representations of, of 2000X in figure form of the females. So this will be really the first one. So very excited to see her. Um, I'm very curious to see what accessories she comes from with because she didn't was not depicted with any on the show. Right, so they could get so, some cool attorney and artifacts in with this one. Exactly. I think you're going to probably – there's a very good chance you're going to see an, uh, uh, an accessory that doesn't belong to her. Yeah. Uh, but it's for somebody else. Maybe we could get well. No, I was going to say King Hiss's snake body, but that's going to come in the regular classic subscription because he did right when it comes in this. Um, but maybe like the case that the sword came in, um, that might be cool. Like a box that she pre- that the sorceress presented Adam with the sword that she put the sword in. Yeah, uh, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I, but I think we're going to see an interesting surprise accessory with her. Or you could have, uh, 2000X 
heads for Tila or the sorceress. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I can see. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Well, you can't you can't put a two thousand X head on the sorceress and never look right at all. Yeah, you're right. That wouldn't work. That Tila, I, while I wouldn't Tila, be happy yes. with that, you could get away with it. But uh, yeah, you're right. Sorceress needs. Yeah, that's there's a whole no thing. way. Two thousand X sorceress has to be its uh, own yeah, release. Yeah, you're right. All right, and then that brings us to the last figure of uh, the 2000X in December with Pravis. So Pravis was the sort of, like, minotaur-looking uh, asshole guy, unaffiliated guy, who um, tore apart Odifus's, uh village in a flashback episode with the sorceress uh, that she went out to go to protect these people. And so he was just basically, like, evil douchebag. Um, he flew around on, like, a hover platform... Um, and he's got a great design. He's got cool kind of tattoos all over his body, big bullhead, evil as shit looking, uh, minotaur looking guy. Um, I think he'll look great. I, I have no reason to believe, knowing what we know about these figures, I have no reason to think that he's not going to look anything but awesome. I, I'm um, totally stoked about him because he looks like a, a Tron minotaur and minotaurs. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, uh, minotaur is like one of my favorite mythical creatures and, uh, and you're all set. Yeah. I'm stoked. He looks great. Or at least, and that it, rounds, he's a cool-looking character. We'll see what the figure looks like, but I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, he'll look great. Um, and whether or not, you know, I'm not sure what, I don't remember, I don't remember him coming or having any accessories. Um, maybe he'll come with that sort of hover platform that, that he was depicted that with. That thing was huge, though. That thing was huge. Um, some people have said maybe he'd come with Odifus. Huh. If you're going to put Odifus uh, in, this, was, this would be the figure to release him with. Um, to get a little mini guy, a little mini guy. Yeah. Uh, dude, I can see him being about sort of looky size. I think I could, that's sort of what I would expect. So, um, we'll see. But, uh, that's your 2000X sub. Sub up now. You have until sort of the end of month in March to do so. I encourage you to do so. Yeah, absolutely. All these figures. Um, so that was as much as we had to report on. As of the last time we recorded. But wait, there's more. There's more. So since then, uh, they released a video uh, on Maddie Collector that uh, depicted uh, our new sort of uh, face of Mattel, uh, of, of He-Man, which is a guy named Brandon, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so we have this this dude named Brandon who's doing the video walkthroughs with us now. And he said, hey, guys, I want to show you um, the giants. So we got to see, like, the Zodak giant uh, and the the men-at-arms giant. Which I'll give, them, which I'm not- I'll give them credit for this. And I told you this after I watched the video. Seeing the waste action on the giants made me want one. Like I, I still can't bring myself to do it. If they do trap jaw, or or if they do scare glow, uh, I will probably dive in and get one. I think what what are they the other things they actually were showing us though besides the giants were maybe like squeeze in action. Uh, they had and the hover robots. Had, yeah, it was mostly hover. Robots. Yeah, mostly the hover robots. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess it was Hover Robots and Squeeze were, were the big yeah. things in that one. And Angela, I think he showed Angela's wings working and the little plug coming out of him. But that's not what's important at all. No. <laughs> about, about this video. What's important about the video is that just sitting on the table over to the right of this guy is motherfucking Point Dread just sitting on the table. Uh, it's got its back to you so you can see the inside of it. And it's got He-Man and Tila standing inside. And, and, and then he, you know, and even at the end of the video, he's like, well, and I guess that's all we've got to show you. And he came short of like giving a giant wink at the camera. Right, right. Barely. Um, and then that was it. Now I'm watching the video on, you know, and I, I'm just staring at this point like dread on the table. And immediately I start, you know, messaging, uh, Phantom and, and Ryan, uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan about it. And I'm just like, God, ah, you see point dread? Holy crap, you see point dread? And then I start, you know, getting onto the forum and everything, and then uh, the other people on the forums happen to notice over at He-Man.org. Please check out He-Man.org, your one-stop shop for all your He-Man news, um, that several people uh, noticed that the Tila that's inside Point Dread, which you can only see the back of her, is not regular Tila. It is, in fact, Filmation Tila. You can tell by her sort of butt area is... Uh, <laughs> Very different, and and I don't know, man. If you watch that old filmation, you know that you know that shot where Teal like jumps into frame from the top of the frame and like sort of like does a squat. Yeah, you know the one. Yeah, yeah. You can't have watched the show without seeing it like a hundred times. Yeah. All right. So 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 if you're familiar with the filmation, He Man, you've you've kind of gotten more than you're really your fair share of knowing what Teal's butt looks we, like. We know Teal is um, packing heat. Yes, uh, and so there, there was Teeler's very uh, recognizable derriere uh, inside Point Dread. Um, so for all of us who bought Castle Grayskull, Point Dread is coming, and it's super exciting. Um, now the question becomes: Are we getting uh, the Talon Raider along, or not the Talon Raider, the Talon Fighter along with Point Dread? Now the original release uh, in the eighties. It was a separate add-on thing. It came with the with the vehicle and Point Dread, which you could attach to the top of your castle. We have not seen the Talon Fighter. We do not know if it's coming with it. I have a hard time believing that we're not going to get it um, along with it, especially since they're trying. They've they've made a very significant effort to make the releases a lot like the classic releases, right? Not classic, the vintage releases. Um, and Phantom and I discussed this. If I was going to get another vehicle, I would rather have the Rotom uh, than, than the Talon Fighter. But I would rather have the Talon Fighter and Point Dread than the Rotom. Right, right. Sort of where I stand on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and that's a tough call, man. But... You know, it is a really a, tough a big part of that. We've already got the Windbreaker. We already have a heroic vehicle, right? And, and all we have is, is like is like a beast with the with the Griffin for for the evil warriors. And the thing is, um, like they they nailed us with Castle Grayskull. If you bought a Castle Grayskull, you literally have no choice but to purchase any Castle Grayskull add-ons that they offer. Yeah, there's no way I spent that much money on that, and I'm not going to buy. Every single thing they offer that that interacts directly with that. Yep. So there you go. 
Um, no idea when it's coming out. I mean, obviously it's coming out in 2015. Sure. But um, maybe it'll be a holiday item. I don't know. This seems a little early to release a holiday it item. It sure would beat the hell out of Gwildor. Sure would beat the hell out of Gwildor. Um, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, but but what, what we do know is that it won't be in the sub. It'll be day of sale. Right. That we, not much we do know. And hopefully it will not sell out in two and a half seconds like the ghost uh, of King, King Grayskull did, which neither well, neither of us sell out. Well, yeah, it didn't sell out. They they shut down whatever quantity. That was that batch. That that was infuriating. I'm still not happy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'll get over it. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. 2015 Toy Fair plus more. Yeah, I mean, I think we would have had to record something regardless because the stuff that's come out since Toy Fair has been big enough to warrant it. So, uh... I hope everybody has enjoyed uh, listening to us talk about this. I'm certainly glad uh, to have a resource like Bo to come on the show and, and know pretty much everything that needs to be known. Uh, and this has been a good time, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. I'm always ready to talk about He-Man on the Internet. I know you are. Uh, and, of course, as always, I insist that you sign us off. We never say goodbye. We say good journey. Good journey. That's all I got for you this time, Phantomaniacs. Good stuff. It's always fun talking to Bo, which is why I decided uh, once we finished that one, I decided it was going to be its own episode because I, I think we're fun doing that. He's so enthusiastic talking about Masters. He's got so much information about the franchise. I think it's worthwhile for that to be a whole episode. I had a lot of fun recording it. Hope you guys had fun listening to it. And if you liked that, of course, go to NeedlessThingsSite.com. We post articles five days a week about toys, movies, music, everything else. Uh, the Needless Things podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. And, of course, on NeedlessThingsSite.com and ESOPodcast.com. You can stream it from both of those places. Lots of great stuff coming up. And, of course, the next episode will feature the rest of our Toy Fair 2015 coverage where we will talk about Batman. We will talk about Naka's releases. Uh, we will. T- I don't want to give away too much. Uh, I'll just run down Hasbro, Mattel. Uh, yes, Mattel does more than just Masters of the Universe. Not that you'd know it from talking to Bo. Uh, Funko. Funko. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say about Funko. But in the next episode, I will. So be sure and tune in. Check it out. Uh, we'll have Ryan back. We'll have Jay back. We'll have Josh. We'll have a special report from the Reverend Dan Wilson. The whole crew will be in on the next one. And we'll cover basically everything else at Toy Fair because, uh, man, it was a big one this year. It really was. You guys need to hear the rest of it. So stay tuned, check in, and remember always, I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com.